welcome to episode 91 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording on November the 1st, 2020. My name is Eric. I'm the host of the show based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. Uh, as a first responder, I witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events, and I started a small preparedness company to help people get better prepared for at least 72 hours, and if not longer. My name is Tyler. I live in Northwest Wisconsin. Besides prepping, I'm also into homesteading, uh, engines, guns, and the great outdoors. Hey, if you want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, you can buy some swag. We have uh, both the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and uh, the Tactical Velcro pa- uh, patch. So uh, check out prepperpodcast.ca and uh, all the proceeds help keep the lights on in the back of Generator Fueled. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook uh, and also submit a review on iTunes. We want your feedback, good or bad, or if there's a topic you want us to cover, you can email into the show at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Ah, so we've got some uh, foreshadowing content for you in this episode. <laughs> 91 episodes and the terrible jokes continue. <laughs> we must We're going to start on. off. <laughs> have to go on yep uh we're going to start off with some preparedness related news articles next we'll let you know what we've done for our preparedness since the last episode and then we're going to get into the main topic our uh, guesses on what's next because uh if you weren't aware there's a, a little bit of an election on tuesday yep it's gonna get interesting <laughs> yeah so let's move into some news articles i'll let you go first there tyler all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, since Ian's not here, um, he had an article I noticed uh, about uh, the Paris people bugging out. So uh, I didn't actually read this article he's got, but I did see some news about it. Uh, looks like they're doing another round of lockdowns in Europe as COVID spikes. And uh, I did see some aerial shots of the, the gridlock, uh, excuse me, the gridlock in, in traffic as people tried to basically evacuate Paris because uh, they don't want <laughs> to have to live through these lockdowns. Um, so that's what that article there is about. Uh, first article I had was from the daily wire, um, title reads rapidly gone downhill, violent riots with looting rock Philadelphia. So this is the most recent spurt of civil unrest and rioting that has kind of, uh, taken over in the, the country here. Um, so widespread rioting and looting rock Philadelphia again on Tuesday after police shot a man who approached them while carrying a knife and did not obey orders to drop the weapon. So this was another one of those instances of uh, basically a justified police shooting in which an individual was had a weapon. He was not listening to orders. He lunged at the police. They shot him. There was a lot of people around uh, witnessing with cameras, and uh, shortly thereafter, riots broke out. Um, that night alone, 30 police officers were hurt. One was ran over with a, a pickup truck. Um, so... Uh, luckily, this has kind of calmed down. This happened on Monday night, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I believe by Thursday they kind of uh, had things back under control. Um, in regards to that, uh, Walmart is removing firearms and ammunition from its uh, displays across hundreds of its U.S. locations. Um, and so this is a quote from Walmart. We have seen some isolated uh, civil unrest, and as we have done on several occasions over the last few years, we have moved our firearms and ammunition off the sales floor as a precaution for the safety of our associates and customers. Um, The retail chain sent a letter on Wednesday to store managers at its 4,700 U.S. stores telling them to pull guns and ammo ammo store displays um, due to the current unrest in isolated areas of the country and out of of an abundance of caution. Um, So, and they are definitely not the only uh, store that is taking note of the upcoming election. Uh, I saw videos of uh, the stores in Washington, D.C. are all completely boarded up. Every window is covered with plywood. Um, This is basically happening all over the country. Stores are just boarding the doors and closing down in anticipation for widespread riots uh, after the election. So That's that's just sad that uh, it's gotten to that level where everything is getting boarded up and and people Mm -hmm. are starting to back up and kind of step yeah. away from their businesses and just lock everything up in anticipation of there being riots. It's, mm-hmm. it's very sad, sad to see. Yeah. And it, you know, it, all it takes is a little flashpoint, not saying these, these police shootings are, are nothing to, to think about or talk about, but um, you know, one, one shooting happens and now you're, you're going downtown and you know, dozens or, or more are getting of people are getting shot in this unrest and this rioting buildings are burning down and property is destroyed. And cops are hurt. Yeah, and, uh, it's just not productive for anybody. Um, no, no I, it, I get, 
I get the writing for an unjustified type of shooting, but right. mm -hmm. the one you've described there sounds completely justified. And, yeah. and it like wasn't said, it's on just, video. And it's just a flashing point where people just want to use it as an excuse to start writing. And mm -hmm. that's sad. exactly what it is. And, and it's especially bad when you've got an entire media that is behind it fanning the flames because they know they can gain politically off of things like this. Wait a minute. The media fans flames. Oh my, it has gotten so <laughs> bad down here. We'll get into that a little later on, yeah. but uh, anyways, yeah, uh, um, speaking more about the election, I've got another news article here. Uh, more than 90 million Mer Americans um, have already cast early votes. Uh, so as of 7 PM Eastern Eastern time on Saturday, more than 90 million Americans have voted in the 2020 presidential election. Uh, the exact number is 90,604,711. Uh, so that's combined between 57.6 million mail-in ballots and 33.4 million in-person early votes. Um, wow. So there's, yeah, this is going to be a huge, huge turnout election. It's obviously super contentious. There is a lot of controversy around this, and I don't think you could talk to anybody in the country that isn't very strongly opinionated one way or another. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people out voting. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to have um, yeah. popcorn ready for Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. going to be uh, quite the show, I think. Be interesting. Yeah, some uh, they said in here too, two states have already uh, surpassed their entire 2016 voters uh, voter turnout. So Texas has already cast 9.6 million votes and Hawaii has cast 484,000 votes. So that is 107% uh, and 110% of their 2016 totals. Wow. So yeah, lots of votes coming out, and uh, with especially with the mail-in votes, uh, a lot of opportunity for fraud and corruption, and I think yeah. that's what a lot of people are really worried about. And uh, I think you hear kind of a, a strong narrative in the media about you know this potential for voter voter fraud and all that stuff, and uh, certainly stems from that. And obviously, that's been all brought on by the the coronavirus pandemic. A lot of these states have loosened their restrictions. Uh, in regards to absentee balloting, um, normally you needed a doctor's note or you needed to be um, traveling for work or something like that in order to request one and actually get one. And now they're basically, uh, if they're not just outright mailing you one without even requesting one, it's there's there's no restrictions really to get them. So wow. um, that just opens up a whole another floodgate for controversy and problems afterwards and all it's, that fun gonna, stuff. So. It's going to be interesting come Tuesday. It is, yep. For sure. Luckily, we don't have long to wait. No, we don't. <laughs> the anticipation up to this point has been <laughs> yeah, strong. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I've got one article in here from Global News, and it's just titled, uh, Whoever Wins the U.S. Election Will Significantly Impact Canada which uh, I don't think is going to be any shock to uh, to any of our listeners, whether they're in the U.S. or in, in Canada. It's, uh, it's definitely going to have an impact here. Um, there's mm -hmm. definitely going to be some some ec economic uh, impacts uh, as well as, well, I won't be surprised that we see some rioting and some uh, some pushback as well, depending on who gets voted in. And mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's going to be a, an interesting yeah, time. I think it's sure. going to have, I mean, it, it has an impact globally. You know, the United States is such a large player on the global stage. Uh, everybody's yeah. kind of got their eyes on us right now and you know whether they're uh, an ally or an adversary uh, everybody's yeah. kind of really closely watching what's happening and uh, you know, in some cases other countries are trying to step in and influence one way or another um, yep. and that's a whole another thing to talk about too so. oh yeah that's going to be another uh, controversial yeah uh, absolutely it was for the last three and a half up. years I mean that yeah that's what President Trump was ultimately impeached for was uh, you know it was a it was a fake Russia Russia collusion hoax. They investigated yep. it for three years, found nothing, and now it's starting to leak that that was actually all part of uh, the Obama Biden administration that they were illegally spying on them during the during the election. And uh, yeah, it's crazy stuff. <laughs> the political yeah, the political climate down here is just uh, nuts. Yeah, to say the least. It certainly <clears throat> sounds like it. Mm -hmm. but, uh, let's move into uh, what we've done lately for preps, and then we can get into the good stuff. Let's do it. So for uh, for myself, uh, swapped out the oil in the snowblower, getting ready because uh, the white stuff is coming. So uh, there's no uh, there's no stopping it. So got that uh, ready to go. Uh, cleared out the garage, so we're ready to uh, park in it. And as well, the uh, the guys that are coming on Tuesday to start the uh, renovations at the house have a spot to do their mixing and cutting and such. Uh, and yeah, we're uh, 
uh, identified some rooms that we want to switch around. So I'm, I'm taking advantage of having an electrician here for the renovations we're doing. And we're going to have them switch around a, a bunch of the uh, the rooms and areas in the house that uh, are on generator power. Is uh, Right now, there's a few spots that uh, are not. So we figured, you know what, we'll take advantage of his time and get a couple extra rooms added to the generator and a few areas that we never use when the power is out. Why have them powered? So we're going to take them off and, and do some sw- switching around. And uh, yeah, we're getting ready to move out because uh, we move out tomorrow and renovations start on uh, Tuesday. So nice. it's time to spruce the place up a little bit because uh, we're going to be here a while, a while because uh, house prices are insane. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not to get too off topic, I did want to ask you quick about the the generator plug there because I'm looking at getting the same done with my house, getting the generator wired right into the house. Yep. So from what I understood, you need to basically choose which breakers you want the generator to run and then you essentially install another electrical box for those. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so we have our, our main panel. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the power from um, hydro comes here uh, into okay. the panel. And then as soon as uh, the main utility power kicks out, uh, 10 seconds later, you just hear a loud click, and that's the automatic switch. Mm-hmm. And it switches over to the panel that's wired to the generator. Okay. And then the generator kicks on, supplies power to that panel, and then uh, anything that's hooked into that panel is powered and runs. Okay. Uh, and then once the main power comes back on from the utility, then it switches back over to utility power, generator power is off, and everything's good. Nice. That's a pretty yeah. slick setup. Oh, it's awesome, yeah. And then every every Sunday, uh, we've got it set for 11. You can set it for whenever you want, whatever day, whatever time. Mm-hmm. But 11 o'clock every Sunday, it comes on. It runs itself for 15 minutes to oh, keep the fluids moving around. It warms yeah. up, you know, just, just to... Keeps the carb from getting gummed up and all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah, it, call, yeah. it call, calls it exercise mode, and it just runs for 15 awesome. minutes and then uh, shuts off. And So really, it's, it's a matter of just maintaining it uh, once a year, changing the oil, changing the plugs, checking the air filter, and... Making nice. sure the voltages coming out of it are proper, and that's it. But yeah, it's a, it's a nice setup. That sounds like it. Is that uh, gasoline then, or uh, natural gas? Natural gas, even better. Sweet. Yeah, that's so a sweet setup. And it, it came came with the house, so oh, even complain. better. Oh yeah, good deal. All right, for myself, the last few weeks. Uh, speaking of the white stuff, we actually did get a snowfall already on uh, back on October sixteenth. We got uh, six and a half inches of snow down here. Oh wow! And, uh, yeah, it was very unexpected. I think it broke a record for early snowfall. But uh, it's since warmed up a little bit. I think today was 50 degrees Fahrenheit or so. Um, so it took a few days to melt, but uh, definitely unexpected. Um, so with, te- with the cooler temps, uh, I got the outdoor wood stove started. So I'm now heating with wood for the year. So that's kind of an always ongoing thing, hauling wood over to the wood stove and keeping it full every morning and night. I've uh, been doing lots of yard work, uh, clean up, especially picking up all the leaves, getting those added to the compost. And uh, just kind of winterizing the property, getting everything picked up and put away. Uh, anything that I might need to use throughout the winter, I got to make sure it's accessible and doesn't get frozen to the ground and covered up with snow. Uh, graded the pig pen and cleaned up their feeders and water tank and kind of got that ready for next year. Cleaned out the chicken coop one last time. Uh, we did lose one chicken, so we're down to 26 chickens now out of the 27 we got. This was the first one we lost. Um, so... Not really sure what happened to it, but uh, all the other ones look healthy. So it's pretty typical to lose a chicken or two. Um, got, got that added to the compost pile, turned the compost pile. Uh, last few weeks, I've been working on a plumbing job. So I had uh, basically the faucet for the, the bathtub and the shower in the main bathroom there started to leak and uh, had the old nasty tub spout from like 40 years ago and and all that. So I decided to uh, replace the drain, the overflow, the tub spout, the faucet, and the shower head. And what I expected to be a two-day job turned into about a two-week job because plumbing is no fun. And it seems like no matter how many trips you make to Menards, you never have the right fittings. (laughs) Isn't that always the way? Yeah. So I finally got that finished up. Um, Been making quite a few trips to the store the last few weeks, just kind of stocking up the pantry and... uh, bulking up on other supplies, um, trying to get more into the habit, not just for the, you know, the upcoming anything that might happen around that, but just in general, trying to get into the swing of, you know, maybe bulk grocery shopping once every two to three months instead of going every couple weeks. Um, so trying to transition over that, just kind of build up our short-term food supply stock and, nice. and all that stuff. Um, with, uh, let's see, with the uh, house, I've uh, been refinancing, um, t- 
taken advantage of the lower interest rates. So we've got an appraisal coming up this week. So uh, this weekend we've been kind of busy cleaning and tidying up, basically staging the house to get ready for that. Uh, and conveniently, it is the same day as election. So I'm going ahead and just take the whole day off work. And I've got the appraisal uh, in the morning, then I can go vote and then just kind of, like you said, uh, grab some popcorn and see what happens the rest of the night. Uh, lock the gates and watch some TV and yeah, see how see how it goes. <laughs> Wait for the riots. Yeah, pretty much. Luckily, uh, I'm far enough away. I think I'll be all right. But that's good. <clears throat> and uh, I'm sure everybody has noticed that uh, Ian Allen and Hughes are are all missing from the panel this evening. Yeah, and they have decided to, to lock themselves in their homes and board themselves in ahead of time. Um, apparently, their internet doesn't work anymore, and they've just completely severed ties. So yeah. what do you do? That's okay. We'll that's, move on without them. We'll, we'll, we'll make it through the show without them. Our, our strongest political characters. That's what I said before the show. <laughs> All right, let's move into the main topic, shall we? Let's do it. So it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting... Uh, an interesting day again yeah. Tuesday. I think we've touched on that already. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, like I said at the beginning, uh, those of you that are not aware, there is uh, an election in the in the U.S. on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and it's going to cause. I think, regardless of who gets voted in, we are going to see some form of uh, of, of unrest, whether it be um, some rioting or rioting or. Jeez, I don't know, rioting. Uh, <laughs> More of the same, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're definitely going to see that. And it's mm-hmm. um, whether it's going to come into across the border into Canada, I'm not 100% sure, but uh, I, I think we're going to we're going to see some some kind of fallout from it, regardless of who gets voted in. Mm-hmm. I think I think we kind of already are on a, on a global stage, um, just with all of the social justice uh, protests and stuff that happened earlier in the year with George Floyd. Um, I remember seeing similar protests happening, you know, over in Europe. And I think even in Canada, uh, there was some of that going on too. So yeah, yeah, it seems like a lot of other other countries kind of mirror the, uh, you know, the, the protests and things that we go through. Um, Yeah. I guess besides, uh, besides just a domestic conflict, I thought it'd also be worth noting that, um, you know, we briefly touched on this before that whether allies or adversaries, everybody is kind of keeping an eye on this. Um, and, and for those countries out there that would consider us more of an adversary, um, you know, China, Iran, Russia, those types of countries, this would be maybe a good time for them to step in and, um, you know, pull any terrorist acts or anything like that. Um, if they see that the United States is kind of in turmoil and struggling to deal with keeping its own population, um, uh, for lack of a better term, in check or kind of under control, um, yep. You know that would be that would present a, an opportunity for them to basically step in and uh, you know whether it be attack or uh, whether or not that's like an actual physical bomb attack or something like that or just a, a cyber attack uh, attack on the power grid. Um, you know, could be all would, the above. Could be all the above. That yeah. would certainly be a, a good time to do that. So yeah. that's something to definitely uh, take note of. Um, as far as like a contested election goes, I, I mean, it's already widely reported in the mainstream news. Uh, they're constantly covering this about all of the controversies surrounding mail-in ballots, um, all the potential for corruption uh, with those mail-in ballots. Um, and both campaigns are already basically bracing for a, a legal battle um, after the election. Um, I mean, it's almost certain at this point to be a contested election, regardless uh, of who wins and by how much. I think they've been saying that for at least the last month or so. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I got another article pulled aside here. I thought I was kind of take through because everybody assumes that November 3rd is election day. So we would know by the end of that day who's going to win. But uh, technically, we won't really know until January 6th, 2021. So it'll be you know roughly a month and a half afterwards. But um I'll just kind of run through a timeline here of a few dates uh, and kind of how the system actually works. So November 3rd is actually election day. That's when you're supposed to go out and vote. Um, So November 21st is the last day California receives absentee ballots. So the the deadlines for when states receive or when for how late they can receive absentee ballots varies varies widely. Uh, California is the most relaxed. No surprise there. Um, up to 17 days after the election, they're letting people mail in their ballots. So 
Wow. November 21st is, is, won't, is the day that we will officially have all the ballots received. After that day, no other ballots will be accepted. Um, a lot of states are ruling or um, have ruled uh, just within the last few days um, what they will allow. I know Minnesota and Wisconsin surprisingly uh, ruled against their Democrat governors that proposed that we accept ballots later. Uh, the, the court stepped in and said, nope, November 3rd's the day. Uh, they're either postmarked or received by that day, uh, or they're not accepted. Um, so November 21st is the, the last day to get all the ballots in. Um, December 11th is the next important date. Uh, so it says, again, California is a squeaky, leel, squeaky wheel. Uh, this is the last day for the election officials to verify the results. Uh, the specific dates for this deadline vary by state, but they fall within the 41-day period between Election Day and December 11th. So California, uh, December 11th is the last day to verify the results. Um, December 14th, uh, according to Congress, on the first Monday after the second Wednesday in December, the electors, so uh, for maybe for those of you that don't know, it's not a popular vote that wins the president presidential election down here. It's the Electoral College, uh, and that is um, basically a, a represent, representative body of Congress. So it's uh, our... our governing system is made up of uh, three branches. You have the uh, judicial, the executive, and the legislative. So the judicial is the judges, the executive is the presidential, so, you know, president orders. And then uh, the legislative is Congress, which is your House of Representatives and your senators. Um, so each state, each of the 50 states gets two senators, so there's 100 senators. And then uh, each state gets uh, a certain number of House of Representative members based on the population. Um, so like, uh, California, I think has like 52 and Wisconsin and Minnesota, I believe both have 10. Um, anyway, so the electoral college is basically a combination of those 430, I believe it's 35, uh, house of representatives and then the hundred senators. So you'll hear, uh, you know, they need 270 electoral votes to win. Um, so that is simply, uh, half of those votes plus one. So, um, that's kind of where the electoral college comes into play. Hopefully I described that, I guess, in a way that made some sense. <laughs> it was a little bit confusing. Um, and that's basically just to keep power in check. Uh, so, so these very dense population centers like California and uh, New York and Chicago don't control what happens in Wisconsin or in Idaho or in Nebraska because obviously, you know, the policy in New York is going to be vastly different from the policy in Nebraska, especially when it comes to things like COVID prevention and <laughs> things like that. So, um, so that kind of carries into the, into how the president is elected as well. Um, so back to the dates on December 14th, uh, according to Congress on the first Monday after the second Wednesday in December, the electors of the electoral, uh, of the electoral college meet in their respective state to cast their votes for president and vice president of the United States. So whichever candidate receives over 270 votes on this day wins. So that is how in 2016, Trump, uh, he lost the popular vote by, I believe, uh, around 3 million, but he still won president because he won the Electoral College. Hmm. Um, and then on January 6th, Mike Pence convenes a joint session of Congress where they will vote to confirm the election results. Um, this is typically a formality. Uh, you know, it's 2020, so we'll see what happens. And then uh, officially January 20th is Inauguration Day, so that's when the president and the vice president are sworn in and take office. So there is a, a rather large window. What is it? Uh, roughly, what, 12 weeks from November 3rd to January 20th? Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of time between the, uh, the vote and the uh, the official announcement. Exactly. Of the so, so I think everyone is bracing for November third, thinking that boom, that's going to be the the spark in the pan. Um, really, there's that ten week window there, and even for a few weeks shortly after the inauguration, I'm sure, depending on which way it goes and how the upcoming weeks transpire. But uh, I would say that is our kind of our window for. Um, unrest and, and chaos would be the next 12 weeks. Um, it's, it's really going to, it's really going to depend how, how election day goes and how big the margins are on whoever wins um, and, and how hotly contested that would be, you know, if Trump, let's say if Trump wins by 10 million votes, which it's like unlikely to happen, um, 
but then it's going to be a little harder to contest that and fight that in the courts and everything else. Um, and that could go either way, but, uh, hmm. I didn't know there was such a, uh, a, a large amount of time between the actual vote and the decision. I, I was mm-hmm. actually in the same boat of thinking that, uh, come Tuesday, we're going to probably have a pretty good idea as to who, uh, right. who won. Is, and is that yeah. standard all the time or is that slowed down because of COVID? Nope. Nope. That's always been the case. Um, the biggest thing is the, the mail-in ballots. Um, usually all of the votes are in and collected and for the most part reported by November 3rd. So, you know, that's how, you know, you stay up till three in the morning and then you find out who's president. Well, it takes time for those voting stations to count all the vote, count all the votes and tally all the numbers and get all that up to the, you know, the state government and then onto the federal government. Um, but usually all the votes are in that day. You know, you know what I mean? Now you have like California up to 17 days thereafter. Up, so not until November 21st, are we going to officially have all of the ballots in? Um, so there, that right there is, you know, almost three weeks added to the timeline. Plus just the, the aspect of having a mail in, uh, you know, a mail in ballot floating around out there. Yeah. Um, just like for myself, I, I received mine in the mail. Uh, my wife never received hers, so we both decided just to go vote in person because my thought was, well, yeah, I can mail my ballot in right now. Wisconsin policy, Wisconsin's policy is that you cannot start counting those mail-in ballots till election day. So let's say I mailed my ballot in two weeks ago. Where does that sit for two weeks? I have no yeah. idea. I'm just mailing in and leaving all of my faith in the system, whereas I think if you go on election day and vote in a machine, uh, there's a little, uh, at least less likely chance for someone to manipulate things, change votes, you know, throw ballots away, add ballots in. Um, when it's all happening on that day, there's dozens of other people around in the, in the voting booth or in the, in the building watching what's going on and overseeing these processes. Um, so yeah, there's, there's no doubt in my opinion that, that especially this widespread mail-in balloting opens up uh, a whole can of worms for the entire process. Does it ever. And it's, yeah. uh, it's, I, I think that's going to be the biggest bone of contention. Oh yeah. As soon as uh, whoever is, is announced the winner, uh, mm-hmm. those mail-in ballots are going to be the big, uh, the big bone of contention and the big, uh, the big thing that's going to cause a, a lot of arguments and a lot of uh, people to be quite angry. Cause honestly, that's the easiest thing to blame. Right. Right. You know, everybody can kind of point to it and say, see, we yeah. told you so, or yep. Yeah, even if they tracked everything and they had everything perfectly laid out, and they could show you a hundred percent, there's no inaccuracies, which there's going to be regardless. Yeah. But even Absolutely. if they could show you a hundred percent, there's no mm-hmm. problems with it. People are still that's going to be the thing that people are going to yep. Take and probably well, just and be angry about. Even moreover, with the the mail-in ballots, you know, every state is requires a little bit differently how you fill it out. Like in Wisconsin, it, have, it has to be I have to fill it out. Um, and somebody else has to be there to sign it saying that they watched me fill it out and that I am who I am and, and all that stuff. And in order to receive a mail-in ballot, I needed to mail in, you know, a copy of my license, copy of my, uh, I think I needed to mail in like, um, something that proved my address. So, you know, like an electric bill that says I live here and, and that sort of thing. Um, a lot of States don't require any of those things. And, and uh, you know, just on the return ballots, um, people fill them out wrong. They don't fill them, uh, fill them in correctly or, or things like that. So then those are all contested and yeah, it, it might be an absolute nightmare. We'll, we'll see. I, I think there's, I think there's definitely going to be a record turnout because we're already seeing that for sure. And, and a large part of that is just driven by Trump himself. He is very polarizing figure, whether you like him or hate him, you either like him or hate him. There's not a lot of people in the middle on him. Nope. Um, you, you either think he's the, the savior of freedom or you think he's the biggest threat to democracy. Uh, I mean, I could go all day on my beliefs on him. I think he's done great things for this country. I completely understand where a lot of people are coming from. Uh, it's very frustrating as someone who does support him that he doesn't always have the best rhetoric and you just can't kind of dial it in a little more. But I understand that's part, part uh, of what got him elected in the first place is kind of that rambunctious attitude and that you know fight against the man and um i I think at this point there's no question that there is a a, like a huge media bias has become so obvious especially in the last uh i would say like six to eight weeks um you know throughout the the debates here and stuff uh i mean all you got to do is turn on the news and it's just it's comical at this point almost they've just gotten so brazen about how anti-trump they are 
They yeah. won't even report on anything he does, and they won't report on anything uh, coming out against Biden. There was just a huge story released by the New York Post about uh, all sorts of um, basically uh, money laundering through his son in foreign deals with China and Ukraine and Russia and tens of millions of dollars that are supposed to be coming into the Biden family for introductions with Joe Biden. And the media has completely covered all of it up and the big tech has censored it all. And it is, it is kind of terrifying. Honestly, they just had uh, Twitter's uh, CEO, Jack Dorsey and uh, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg uh, in front of Congress for um, to testify regarding all the censorship uh, around that post. And there was like, uh, I can't remember. Let's see. I got notes in this. Uh, Ed Markey, a Democrat senator who was like practically begging for more censorship. He was saying that uh, they weren't censoring enough posts on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, I don't know, it's starting to look, uh, <laughs> look a little scary. <laughs> yeah, uh, when, you, when you start talking, uh, censoring information and holding stuff back and not reporting on things that should be reported on it, it starts yep. to get a little, uh, a little scary. Like I get that they have to, you know, they have to sell ads and they have to sensationalize mm-hmm. things and they have to right. do all that. But when you start completely suppressing like valid yep. information that voters should know about, it's, uh, yep. and yeah, that for me, that was the tipping point. Cause I've always been, I mean, I prefer certain news sources, but I'm open to listen to others and I try to understand other viewpoints. But when the media just started censoring that story and completely squashed it, and then big tech was right there to just do the yep. same thing. And it was like, okay, everybody's in the pocketbook of the Democrat party right now. And uh, yeah, it certainly seems like when you, when you hear Trump about the fake news and the, the swamp yep. and all that it sounds like he's a crazy person up there ranting. But uh, in my opinion, it's, it's just becoming more and more true by the day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, let's roll back to the, um, the amount of time between the vote and the actual decision. Cause sure, I, yeah. find that, uh, I find that quite interesting. And like I said earlier, that's not, I didn't realize that that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking of that now that's going to provide people like that 12 week period to start stewing and, and boiling. And oh, yeah. mm-hmm. for sure there's going to be people claiming to know what happened and they're going to leak information. And I, I'm starting to think now you're going to start seeing, you know, like I, I already thought come Tuesday, we're going to see, um, you know, some, some unrest and protests Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. But now I'm thinking with that 12 week period, there's going to be maybe a little bit of quiet before the storm and people are going to have a chance to think about it more and get a little bit more angry. And as a little bit of information kind of leaks Mm -hmm. out, you're going to see just the explosion of a couple weeks of pent up. We need something to yell at. Yep. Um, I think so, that's very possible. And I think it's yeah. really going to depend on how election night goes. Like I said, if the margins for one candidate or the other are so big that there's not a lot of ground to say, okay, yeah, there was, you know, a hundred thousand votes in this state that aren't being counted because they were past deadline. Well, it's not going to make a difference in the grand scheme of things, but right. um, like we saw in 2016, the margins were razor thin. I'm sure they're going to be exactly the same. Yep. Uh, um, now I know the polls had Trump, uh, way behind for the last weeks. They were saying he was 17 points behind in Wisconsin. I live in Wisconsin. He's not 17 points behind. Now they're saying he's within three points, and it, they've just been all over the place leading up up to this. And and obviously the, the whole news cycle is so quick and stories coming in and out, and every single day is a new scandal. So uh, yeah. even with even with literally one day left, uh, <laughs> it seems like at this point anything could happen. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially after Tuesday. It's it's just going to take that one news report or that one right. that one thing that to get traction. That's yep. going to just light the light the fire, right? It's going to be the spark there, the catalyst that just lets mm-hmm. a certain group that's not happy explode. And um, yeah, I think we're going to start seeing the. Uh, yeah. The, and the scary part about that now is it, it seems more and more obvious that, that it is up to two people, uh, you know, on social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter, that's where a large majority of people, especially younger people, get their news. Um, that's just where a lot of people communicate in general. And, and now they are more brazenly uh, censoring people, shutting people out of their accounts for days or weeks on end. And, you know, that's only likely to uh, increase as the election happens. And, and again, it's all cited on um you know, preventing disinformation around the election that that's kind of yeah. their cover for it, but it only happens to one political party <laughs> over yeah, and over I, and over again. So yeah, I, I get the filtering of, of disinformation because that's, that's not helping anybody. Mm-hmm. And it's just right. helping add fuel to the fire. But at the yeah. same time, when it's credible information and you're still 
shutting it down and, and hiding it and suppressing it. Well, that's, you yeah. know, especially what's coming from credible news agencies that have checked their sources and are reporting accurately. Um, right. Yeah. Shutting it down and not, not advertising it, not putting it out there is mm-hmm. like we said, and touched on it a few times, it's just kind of, it gets scary. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess as far as, uh, I'm just speaking a little bit more on the politics. I don't know if, uh, as far as the rally sizes go, so just uh, I've watched. Uh, let's see, the Trump rally yesterday. I came in for lunch, and it was just on the on one of the news channels. So I sat down and watched it, and I could not believe how many people were in attendance at this thing. So I went to uh, his campaign schedule just just to look at what he was doing. He was doing 14 rallies around the country in the three days leading up to the election. I looked at his campaign schedule today, and he started in. Uh, I believe it was Iowa, then he flew to uh, Michigan, and then he flew to Georgia, then North Carolina, and then finished at Florida tonight at 11 p.m. This guy is flying around the country, putting in like 20-hour days and drawing crowds of tens of thousands of people, literally. And uh, I, you look at the Biden rallies, and there's just no enthusiasm, uh, in my opinion, from, from the Biden voters, and the enthusiasm is all against Trump. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see when, uh, you know, if and when any any uh, kind of civil chaos uh, pops off after the election, uh, who comes out in support of who? Because it does seem like there is an awful lot of uh, a lot, a lot, much larger voter base uh, around Trump than Biden, at least from what you see in the rallies. Um, yeah, yeah. If he's drawing crowds and and Biden isn't, that's. Uh that's yeah. kind of a no-brainer conclusion to come to. Yeah, and then it say. it just seems so off when you when then you go back to the polls and it's like Biden's up by ten points. Yeah, but you know you don't believe don't believe what you see with your eyes. <laughs> believe what we tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't uh, don't pay any attention to the actual facts over here. Just here's what we're going to tell you today. Right. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. It's like I keep coming back to that. I think the biggest thing we're going to see out of this is a lot of uh, rioting and a lot of uh, destruction of property, unfortunately. And yep. uh, I, think I think we're going to see that spill over the border into Canada as well into some of the more uh, more urban mm-hmm. centers here because that's that's what we've seen in the in the past year or so where there's been riots uh, in the states and um, activists here want to want to make their voice heard as well, which they they totally can. That's there's nothing wrong with that, but right. Once they start getting into destroying property and, and assaulting people and, and breaking things, that's that's kind of where, where I have a yeah. problem with it and where a lot of people obviously have a problem with it. So I yeah, think it's a pretty yeah. clear line to cross. And I think yeah. uh, I think it's pretty obvious to everybody and anybody who yeah. says it isn't is, is lying. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Once I think you start throwing sure. bricks and breaking windows and stealing things and injuring people, it's not a peaceful protest no, anymore. It's, it's as simple it's as that. Anymore. Yeah, it's it's uh, that that stuff's got to be shut down for sure because yep. all's going to happen is property is going to be destroyed, people are going to get hurt, and for what, right? Like, yeah, exactly. You're not going to get your point across that way. A lot of people think they're going to, but it's not going to really help. Mm-hmm. I I definitely think that we're going to see the influence of whatever whatever groups or parties or people uh, in the states start protesting, whatever they start doing uh, there. I think for sure is going to spill over the. Over the border, it's going to come north, and uh, we're going to see it at least in our major centers, you know, Toronto, Ottawa, et cetera. Um, whether we see it in the smaller urban areas as well, we might. We very well might, might but uh, we're going to see a bigger impact in the, uh, in the larger urban areas for sure. So, mm-hmm. I think so. it's going to it's going to stay relatively the same down here. I don't, I don't think uh, I don't really expect to see anything widespread. I think it's going to be pretty localized here, huge metropolitan areas, just like it almost always is. Um, yeah, your large downtown centers. If you're in the cities, uh, it's probably a good couple of days to go stay with grandma or stay with a relative out of the cities. Um, I don't think there's just, I just don't think there's an appetite down here for like a huge civil war or anything like that. I, I really don't think we're going to break out into anything like that, uh, at least not through the election. I think if one party or the other gets in and things go a certain way um, and, you know, if the Democrats get in and come after the guns, <laughs> I think that's when things, uh, I think that's when things would escalate to be completely honest. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see that happening is, uh, you guys mm-hmm. certainly like your guns. Yep. We do. <laughs> Not that we well, don't. But. <laughs> yeah. That's just my prediction. I don't think, yeah. uh, I don't think the, the chaos we see is going to be, uh, much out of line from what we've seen r- really all summer long. I think it's going to be the same people out there, uh, doing the same tactics. Um, you know the same the same people that had the time and the the energy 
and the the reason to go out and riot in July are the same ones that are probably going to do it because of the election here. Yeah, I just don't think even despite all the divide between the two political parties, I don't think the average American has uh, the appetite to to go at war with one another and start this huge conflict. So, I think whatever we do see is going to stay relatively localized to the to the cities and stuff. So. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's been pretty consistent over the last couple of years as far as the rioting and and what's mm-hmm. happening and such. I think we're gonna we're gonna see more of that um, for the next little while, and then uh, it'll be interesting to see the um, the impacts after, like a couple of months after the right. decision has been rendered, and everybody knows, okay, this is the new president, and um, yep. what kind of impacts that's gonna have for the U.S. and for Canada. It's going to be uh, right. Their policy platforms are vastly different, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether you're on the left or the right, there's uh, definitely a lot of difference in, in yeah. policy to vote for. So, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna it's be gonna, especially with COVID still going on and, and the border mm-hmm. being shut down for a record amount of time. It's oh, uh, yeah. it's been shut down since what March 14th, if I remember correctly. Sounds so about right. Yeah. If uh, if that continues on, and then uh, we have uh, some civil unrest for a while in, in the form of protests and such, uh, just because some people aren't happy about who got in and maybe some people are happy and they still want to protest. But mm-hmm. then, uh, on top of that, then we see some new policies and, and some new rules and some new things come in play. And uh, we can see all kinds of uh, interesting things play out uh, economically and uh, who knows what's yeah. going to, who knows what's going to happen. So it's, if, uh, if you haven't been uh, preparing or getting some things stocked away, um, and you're into episode 91, now's, now's the time. Assuming you're listening to this the next day, you've got yeah. one day. <laughs> you've got, uh, yeah, you've got one day to kind of get your plan together and start getting some stuff. And then uh, you've got a couple of weeks of uh, yeah. unknown, I guess, believe it at right now. There's, there's going to, let's face it, there's going to be some kind of protest or something come Tuesday just because people want to be angry about something. Mm-hmm. Um, if not Tuesday, a couple of days down the road when somebody decides to say, hey, guess what? We know who actually got the most number of votes or who, who won. And, yeah, we're, we're going to see something, but yeah, now is certainly the time to, if you haven't filled up the gas cans, fill them up. If you, uh, if the cupboards are bare, go grab a couple of cans of beans and yep. uh, just have some stuff stocked away because it might not be a bad idea to just, uh, you know, hang out at home for the next little while if you haven't already been doing that because of COVID. So, yeah. it's, uh, I'm fairly certain no matter what happens, prices of goods are going to go up because they yeah. almost always do. So stock mm-hmm. up now, save yourself some money later on. Yep. Exactly, and then you've you've got your stuff, and you can avoid uh, <laughs> avoid the riots because yep. <laughs> nobody wants to be caught up in those, except the people doing the rioting. So yep. that's uh, interesting times for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have any uh, anything else you want to cover off election wise, there, Tyler? Or? I'm trying to think. Nothing I can really think of. I've probably ranted enough. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ranting's fine. Nothing wrong with ranting. Yeah. Some people probably enjoy it. Others maybe don't. <laughs> Depends what their political views are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We're, we're going to probably get a couple of angry emails to the feedback email address there, and we're going to get some happy emails. So it's, uh, and we'll probably get a couple in, in between as well. So that's, uh, yeah. that's totally fine. So if you want to uh, send an email in and, and tell us whether or not you agree with Tyler, we'll uh, feedback. <laughs> One thing we can all agree on is we don't really know what's going to happen the next no. couple of days. And, and I promise I won't filter any emails. <laughs> so. he's not going to protect my feelings <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's uh it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting we've all known that it's uh that it's coming and yeah. uh like we've said it's uh we're up to episode 91 so if you've uh, you've been with us this long um you yeah. should have a little bit of a stockpile by now if you're listening to us you know or you could be listening and thinking that we're you know full of it and you just listen for the <laughs> entertainment value and the horrible dad jokes at the beginning but you, know, you should have a, a few things uh, stocked away if you've been, uh, you know, doing the, the podcast challenges every episode and you should be in uh, in good shape, but mm-hmm. it's going to be uh, interesting. Yeah. All, all kidding aside, I would say probably, the, in my opinion, the most important uh, type of preparedness in the next few months would be kind of getting your financial preparedness scored away. Make yep. sure you've got a little cash on hand. Make, uh, you know, if you can get out of the debt you're in, pay off credit cards, those things. Uh, always nice to have that taken care of yep. you know the food and water and, and all that stuff is more important but uh most of our listeners most likely kind of have that stuff squared away by now yep. um 
So I yeah. think that's where I'll be looking. Uh, you know, like I said, the, both candidates have vastly different uh, policies and platforms, um, and those are going to affect things drastically one way or another. So uh, prepare for the uncertain, and uh, you know, money solves a lot of problems. So if you're squared away there, um, you'll probably be all right. Yeah, there's there's certainly going to be. I think there's going to be some economical impacts for sure once yeah. uh, once the dust the dust settles from all the the protests and and the the angry people about whoever wins. Uh, whatever policies or, or uh, changes or, or whatever happens with uh, with the new president, um, both countries are going to see it definitely some kind of economical uh, impact. So um, I, I'd say that's solid advice as well to get uh, get your finances uh, lined up and uh, take advantage of some lower interest right now because it's there. Good, and- time. Good time to refi the house. A lot of people are trying to get out of the cities. Uh, yeah. You know, prices of houses are going through the roof. Interest rates are low. Yeah. Good time to uh, Good time to do that. Yeah, because we we constantly preach on this show, you know, get the uh, get the food stocked up, get your water stocked up, get all that kind of stuff. We don't touch a lot on the whole financial side of things. So, mm-hmm. say uh, aside from the one episode we did a year or two ago with uh, with finances, we haven't really touched on it much. So, this would probably be the time to to get that stuff lined up and and like Tyler said, have a few extra bucks on hand and mm-hmm. you know, just be ready to to hunker down for a little bit and sit back and. <laughs> sit back with your bag of popcorn and <laughs> watch what happens because it's yeah. it's going to be one heck of a ride i'm sure it really is yeah yeah i, I suspect uh things won't settle down through the end of the week I, i'm guessing yeah tuesday wednesday into thursday it's probably going to be chaotic news cycle and try to give yourself a little mental break from that stuff too i know it's hard especially uh i've been struggling with that i need to just get better at putting the phone down at night i sit there and read news all night long and yeah the yeah. The Put it away for a while. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly what it is. Well, shall we move into the podcast challenge? Let's do that. <clears throat> so for this yeah. week, we've got uh, gather some supplies. Like we said, most likely you have them already. So just make sure everything's topped up. Make sure you're you're squared away for for the next week or two. Uh, be ready to just ride this out. So if there is some kind of civil unrest in your area as a result of uh, of the results for the vote, you can just ride it out. And you got uh, got nothing to worry about. So top top the gas cans up, top the cupboard up, pull some cash out uh, of the bank so you've got some uh, handy, and grab a couple bags of popcorn because it's going to mm-hmm. be a, it's gonna be a fun ride. And uh, we'll move into upcoming events. So we've got uh, TACCOM twenty twenty uh, delayed till April twenty third to the twenty fifth, twenty twenty one, depending on whatever kind of civil unrest happens. So maybe it still won't go. But we'll see. Uh, and Ian is still pushing the uh, the Maple Seed events, so uh, check out MapleSeedRifleman.com and uh, the BC Sportsman Show. We've got uh, March fifth to the seventh, twenty twenty one. So uh, that's BCSportsmanShow.ca slash attend if you want some tickets for that. So the uh, the Sportsman shows are always pretty good. At least I've gone to the one in Toronto quite a bit. It's uh, it's good, so I can imagine that the one out in BC is uh, is as equally as good, if not maybe better. Who knows? Nice. Uh, we'll move into shout-outs. Any shout-outs for you, Tyler? Uh, I'll give a shout-out to my wife. She's been uh, really stepping in, helping with the preparedness around here. She's really getting interested in doing the, the grocery runs and supply runs, which uh, takes a big load off of my shoulders. So shout-out to her for just being awesome. There we go. All right, and we'll move into email and iTunes reviews. So uh, the inbox has been a little bit empty for the, since the last episode, but uh, that's right. I'm sure we'll get a couple of emails uh, directed at Tyler. <laughs> so I look forward to reading those. Uh, but we do have um, one review here from uh, South Africa, actually. Oh. It says, uh, what a fun listen. After a busy week, uh, my favorite thing to do is put on my headphones and listen to the Canadian prepper team uh, while I go about working on my own preps. Uh, Eric, Ian, and Alan uh, and their guests are informative and are able to break down topics into easily digestible segments. Uh, they add in a good amount of humor and general news as well, which makes you feel like you are sitting around the campfire learning from them. Great job, guys. So awesome. appreciate that. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, nothing wrong with sitting around the campfire and, oh. and chatting. So I do uh, the do best thing to do. Yeah, five stars of that one. So good deal. It's a lot. And uh, with that, I'll bring uh, episode 91. I can't believe we're at 91 already. 
uh, of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of, case, of course, your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out. You can submit a review. It uh, does help other people find us. And if you got any questions or advice for me, you can email into the show at tyler at prepperpodcast.ca. Right, and you can uh, catch me at uh, rapidsurvival.com. You can uh, get me there on the live chat while you're uh, buying some prepper gear. You can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. So uh, thanks for joining us. And until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. <laughs> <laughs>